Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so before we start this episode, um, I would just like to say that Travis is home and he may or may not be going in and and out of the house, which means that um, the dogs might lose their minds, (laughs) especially Maisie because she's in the room with me. So, um, yeah, but hopefully she doesn't, but it very well could happen. So. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and while you were disclaimering, I just realized, like, wow, why does why does Rochelle sound so quiet? Like, what's going on? And then I realized, like, oh, I, I didn't, like, change the sound to my headphones. So I did it. It was a big freak out. I honestly have no idea what you just said, but <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Dogs uh, might freak out because Travis will be home. So hopefully... Okay. I, I was like, hey, like, make sure you don't, like, slam doors. <laughs> like, not that he slams doors, but, like, for our door coming into the house from the garage, like, if you just, like, let it go, it is very loud. So, oh, yeah. hopefully he's not, like, coming in and, like, turning on the TV on full volume and, like, all that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Okay, well, I'll let you know if it, I, like, hear. I mean, obviously, the dogs will probably go crazy when he comes home. But that's just a dog thing. It's yeah. no big, yeah. Yeah, so they okay. calm down somewhat reasonably quickly Mm -hmm. I would think so okay so today we're talking about uh season nine episode 12 called sharp teeth so we start out at a farm at night uh the screen says we're in Grantsburg Wisconsin we hear a creature a creature (laughs) I can read we can uh, (laughs) I hear we hear something (laughs) it's a creature Uh, it's like snarling and we hear some tearing flesh sounds um, and there's like a bells cl- like clanking from the barn. Uh, the house door opens and a man runs out with a shotgun. Um, the farmer uh, cocks his gun and shouts, hey, and then a man rushes from the barn and the farmer chases him, shooting at him, but missing and hitting the fence. So they run through the woods with the farmer shooting after the dude. Uh, suddenly the guy runs out onto a road and then like tires screech and a car horn honks and the car hits the person full on. He flips over the roof and rolls off. He's all bloody and unconscious. And then we see that this dude who is unconscious is Garth. (laughs) So yay, Garth. Also, what are you doing, dude? And why are you unconscious, bro? So, okay. Yeah. Let's get our opening title sequence. So we cut to uh, the Grantsburg Memorial Hospital. Sam is in an FBI suit. He walks in the front doors um, and then approaches the receptionist. Uh, Sam shows her his badge and says, Afternoon, I'm looking for a John Doe that was admitted here a few days ago. He's a uh, skinny Ichabod Crane looking kind of guy. Poor <laughs> Garth. I love that description. That's great. That's great. Uh, the receptionist says, I know just who you mean. Room 113, agent. (laughs) Sam says, all right, thanks. And the receptionist says to herself, sure is a popular fella. (laughs) So we cut to Garth, who is still unconscious in his hotel room. Uh, Dean is already in there. He's holding a syringe. He's about to put something in Garth's IV. But when he hears the door open, he quickly hides the needle behind his back. And Sam walks in. He gives Dean an annoyed look. And Dean glares back at him. 
There is a very long silence as they both look at the unconscious Garth. Uh, Sam finally says, saw Garth's John Doe on the police wire. You? Dean says, yeah. Where are you coming from? Sam says, New Mexico. Dean says, well. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Bless you. <laughs> I like your seizures. They're so, like, girly and dainty. Mine are like, wow, you just blew your whole face out of all your holes. Like, are you okay? <laughs> I, wish I, was- I feel like. I just have a squeaky sneeze. Like so cute. Like it's high feminine. Pitch. Yeah. I sneezed one time. So this is what I was with this <laughs> side side note. I sneezed <laughs> one time when I was working at the pool, like back in the day. And yeah. of course, you know, pools echo. And it was just like me and my other coworker. We were like shutting down everything to like go. And she's like, sounds like somebody hit a dog. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> because it's like, it's like, Woo! You know, like, you know, like echoed through the pool. You know, yeah. I was Aww. like, that's awful. So now every time I sneeze, I'm like, dog. You know. Like, oh, great. Well, I don't. It doesn't sound like that to me. Just so you know, it sounds dainty and feminine, <laughs> and you know, charming. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, bum bum bum. Sam says, uh, New Mexico. Dean says, well, that's a haul, especially considering that I got this uh, pretty much covered. So if you want to. And then he kind of like clicks his tongue and motions for the door. But Sam Sam says, have you spoken to him yet? Dean says, no, ass load of painkillers. He's been out since I got here. Sam notices that Garth is handcuffed to the bed and says, what's he being charged with? Dean says, killing a cow. Sam says, why? Dean says, I was about to see if I could find out. Lock the door. So Sam goes to lock the door, but rushes back over when Dean pulls a syringe out from behind his back. (laughs) Sam says, whoa, hey, what is that? Adrenaline? Dean says, yes, sir. Sam says, you trying to jumpstart him or kill him? Dean says, I want some answers. He walked out on Kevin. He walked out on us. So if you got a better idea, uh, Sam just sighs and then super hard like slaps Garth full in the face (laughs) just like well we'll wake him up this way (laughs) so Garth like startles awake screaming he's completely confused and like just a lot of like ah 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 and then (laughs) I mean like I would be a little startled too if I got slapped awake I know I'd probably be big mad too you know Uh, yeah for sure so Garth says Dean Sam what is this a hospital? Wait, am I in heaven? <laughs> Dean says, all right, take it easy, Garth. You're in Wisconsin. <laughs> Sam says, you were hit by a car. Do you remember anything? Garth kind of groans and says, I, uh, vaguely. And then he pulls his hand up to touch his head, but it's stopped by the handcuffs. He says, what's with the hardware? Uh, Sam, like, lock picks the cuffs and takes them off of Garth. Dean says, you tell us. And while you're at it, why don't you give us a lowdown on why you went AWOL for the past six months? Only way we tracked you is that you off to Cal. Garth says, off to... thing to track a person by. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Garth says, off to what? I was on a hunt. Sam says, a hunt for what? Garth says, I, uh, oh no. And then Garth suddenly looks like he is going to hurl. He says, oh, get back. Oh, oh God. 
And then he like pulls all the monitors and IV off and everything. He jumps out of bed, rushes to the bathroom and shuts the door behind him. We hear lots of gagging and horking sounds. <laughs> He's not feeling too nope, hot. Nope. Dean says, good thing I didn't give him the adrenaline. So we cut to a short time later. The boys are sitting in the room and Garth is still vomiting and coughing in the bathroom. Uh, so they start to make small talk. Dean says, anything on Gedriel? Sam says, actually, uh, yeah. Turns out that he uh, left some grace in me before he bolted. <laughs> Dean says, you know how wrong that sounds, right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, wouldn't worry about it. Cass took care of it. Dean chuckles and says, hmm. Sam says, what? Dean says, nothing. I'm gone for two weeks, and you're like an episode of Teen Mom. Uh, we can still hear Garth like yarking in the bathroom. <laughs> Let's see how many different ways Lindsay say throwing up. <laughs> I swear to God, I got more. <laughs> yarking is a new one. I've never heard yarking before. Horking a lot. I've heard horking. <laughs> Dean, Dean calls to Garth. Just breathe, Garth. Work it out. Uh, <laughs> Sam notices a part of the scar on Dean's arm. He says, what happened to your arm? Dean pulls up his, his sleeve to show Sam. He says, oh, it's uh, a gift from Kane. Sam says, like the wrestler? <laughs> I really like Ew. that one. <laughs> if only. Dean says, I wish. That would be awesome. Uh, no, the, uh, the Old Testament, dude. Uh, we hear the toilet flush in the bathroom. Dean says, he got all biblical on me and gave me his mark. <laughs> Which I think that is suspicious sounding at the very least it's all suspicious <laughs> okay uh sam says what does it even mean how, how did that happen dean says crowley and i found him and he gave me this so that i could 86 abaddon once and for all sam says you worked a job with crowley dean says the devil you know and then they realize that there are no more sounds coming from the bathroom sam says garth dean says what so they rush into the bathroom. Garth is nowhere to be found, and the window is wide open. Dean says, son of a bitch. So we cut to outside the hospital. Give me a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <Yep. laughs> um, the boys uh, walk quickly out of the hospital. They're both looking for, you know, any sign of Garth. Dean says, why would Garth run from us? Sam says, why haven't we heard from him for the last six months? Did you test him? Dean says, he was unconscious. No. I, uh, did he steal a car? And then Sam notices a pair of boxers on the ground and says, <laughs> did he steal a car naked? <laughs> so Dean uh, points to the roof of the hospital and says, I'll see what I can find on those cameras. Why don't you go talk to Farmer Brown and see about that cow? Sam says, yeah. So we cut to Sam at the farmer's house. The farmer is fixing uh, the fence, which Sam stands next to. Uh, the farmer says, last week, it was a couple of chickens, goat the week before that. So when I saw that, that boy tearing out of my barn, hell yeah, I was going to ask questions later. Sam says, now the animals, were they all killed in the same manner? The farmer says, more like sacrificed. Sam says, what do you mean by that? The farmer says, their organs were ripped clean out. Sam says, only the organs. The farmer says, if this wasn't some kind of devil worship thing, I don't know what. Sam says, hmm, well, thanks. 
So we cut to Dean walking out of the hospital with some papers and photos in his hand. His phone rings. Dean answers and says, yeah. Sam on the phone says, so the cow wasn't just killed. It was eviscerated. Dean says, well, why was Garth there? Sam says, he said he was on a hunt, right? Maybe he was hunting whatever killed it. Dean says, why would he run? This whole thing's starting to stink. You know that, right? Sam says, yeah, what about you? Any luck? Dean says, uh, nada. Cameras were pointing in the wrong direction. Sam is like totally unconvinced and says, you're kidding. Dean <laughs> says, wish I was. Sam says, huh. So Dean says, so Garth's a hunter. If he wants to stay gone, he's gone. Sam says, we got nothing? Dean says, well, what can I say, Sammy? We lost this one. Send me a postcard. I know. Okay. (laughs) Somebody's still a little bitter. There's a lot of angst going on around here. (laughs) (laughs) Then Dean walks around an ambulance and runs right into Sam, who immediately snatches the photos out of his hand. Sam looks through them, and they are perfect shots of Garth and his escape. There are pictures of the car he got into and full shots of the license plate. Sam is pissed. He says, wow, make, model, license plate. Really, Dean? Dean says, I told you, we can't hunt together. It's for your own good. Sam says, I hear you. And after we find Garth and get to the bottom of this, I'm gone. But until then, no more games. Dean nods and says, the ride belongs to a girl named Bess Myers. She lives in the the next town over. Sorry, I'm all stuttery all of a sudden. (laughs) You're good. So we cut to Sam and Dean kicking Bess's door down. Uh, Their guns are out. Garth is inside. Um, Oh... I don't know. Oh, okay. My notes are not right here. Um, Garth is inside, like, talking to somebody, but we don't see anybody there. Garth says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, guys. I can explain. Everything's cool. Just a simple misunderstanding. Dean says, who are you talking to? Garth says, what? Dean says, the girl. Garth says, what? What girl? What? (laughs) And then Dean grabs a bra from a, a table and holds it up. Gar says, uh, what now? So <laughs> Dean motion. Caught red-handed. I know. Is this bra yours? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, buddy. <laughs> so Dean motions Sam to go to the right, and he goes to the left. They search the room and don't find anybody. Gar says, all right, all right, guys, everyone needs to take a chill pill and put their guns down. You see, let's all be grown-ups here and have an adult conversation. And then suddenly, a female werewolf leaps out from the closet behind Sam and attacks him. Dean is about to shoot, but Garth takes the gun from him. Garth says no! And uh, then he leaps between Sam and the werewolf as Sam nicks her on the arm with a silver knife. And the wound kind of sizzles. Garth says, Sam! Sam, please! Don't hurt her! Dean says, what are you doing? She's a werewolf! Garth says, so am I. So we cut to a short time later. Garth and the werewolf are sitting on the couch as he tends to her arm. Garth says, it's okay, baby. Hold it like that. So the she-wolf says, what are they doing here, Garth? Garth says, they're friends. I promise. The she-wolf says, they're hunters. Garth says, all right, we've all gotten off on the wrong foot here. So let's do things right. Boys, this is Bess, my beloved. And Bess, that's Dean. Now, he could start a fight in an empty house, but deep down inside, he's just a big old teddy bear. I love it. He could start a fight in an empty house. <laughs> he's a little bit angry. <laughs> so 
Dean looks really annoyed at this, but Sam chuckles. Gar says, and Sam here. Well, Sam can be a bit insecure at times, but for good reason. Bless his heart. <laughs> that wasn't really a compliment, Garth. Like, no, that was well, he's insecure yeah. for a good reason. What? Yeah, because like, he fucks up sometimes, you know? <laughs> okay. Dean says, that's sweet. Werewolf? Garth says, all right, guys, look. About six months ago, I was outside Portland, Maine, hunting this big bad wolf. I took him down, but he bit me in the process. Dean says, and you didn't call one of us? Gar says, and tell you what, that I messed up? No, I knew the deal. There's no cure, so I accepted my fate. Ate my favorite dish of egg foo young, watched the world's greatest movie, Rocky Three, and then was ready to eat a bullet when Bess here found me. Sam says, and how'd she do that? Gus says, smell them. How else? Gar says, yeah. (laughs) Gar says, yeah. She talked the gun out of my mouth. And as they say, the rest is history. We've been married for four months now. Sam says, you're married? Dean says, to a werewolf. Bess says, yes. And my pack has taken him in as one of her own. Garth says, guys, it's not what you think. We don't hurt people. Dean says, no, you just go all Wolverine on cattle. Gar says, yeah. Beth says. What would you rather have me do? (laughs) Beth says, at least he's not eating human hearts. Do you have any idea how hard it is for a bitten to control his instincts like Garth does? How well he's doing? Gar says, thank you, baby. Beth says, well, it's the truth, honey bunny. Sam says, wait, uh, a bitten? You're all bitten. Beth says, not at all. You're either born into it, like I was, or you're bitten, like Garth. Dean says, hold on. You said you were you were born a werewolf? Beth says, second generation. Dean says, Garth, can we talk to you for a sec? Alone. <laughs> Garth says to Beth, honey, why don't you go find some ointment for that arm, okay? So Beth nods and leaves the room. Dean says, what the hell? <laughs> Garth, <laughs> Garth says, look. I know you guys want to shoot first and ask questions later, but I checked everything out. This pack is clean. Everything's kosher. Sam says, right, uh, minus the part where your wife attacked me. Gar says, yeah, because you two came busting in here like a house on fire. Guns waving, the jawlines and the hair. It's very intimidating. <laughs> What'd you expect? <laughs> Dean, no one wants any trouble. You got my word on that. Dean says, oh, no, that ship has sailed. We're going to need a hell of a lot more than your word. Gar says, okay, okay, tell you what. You want proof? Come pray with us. So Sam and Dean exchange very confused looks. <laughs> so we cut to the Impala pulling up outside a farmhouse. Dean gets out and walks to the trunk as his phone rings. It's Sam. Uh, we see Sam walking out of the police station. Sam says, you there? Dean says, yeah, just pulled up. Nothing too sketchy yet. Sam says, that's a good thing, right? Dean says, not betting on it. Sam says, or are we just that jaded? I mean, maybe Garth's right. Dean says, well, ain't you a glass half full? Any luck with the cops? Sam says, uh, the sheriff should be rolling up any second. Be careful. Dean says, yeah. And he hangs up and approaches the house. A choir is singing inside. They stop and a man's voice says, we need to come in strong on the second verse. Let's try it again. Garth, played from here. And, and then the singing resumes. Uh, Dean walks up the stairs and knocks on the front door. A woman answers it. She says, you must be Dean. I'm Joy, Garth's mother-in-law. 
stepmother-in-law, which I always thought sounded so silly. Please come in. We're just finishing up. Dean looks like really uncomfortable. He says, <laughs> he's like, help me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm just going to stand here. He says, why don't you just tell Garth that I'm here? Joy says, Dean, you have my word. You're safe under my roof. I only ask the same in return. After all, I'm not the one carrying silver. Dean slowly enters and walks to the doorway of the living room, still looking really uncomfortable. Uh, Joy joins the group in the room and starts singing along uh, to a song about, like, bringing in the sheaves or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they just said that over it's and an over. It's old hymn. <laughs> and I was like, this must be a thing, but uh, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Garth plays uh, the piano, and Dean chuckles slightly at this. The group leader says, uh, thank you, Brother Garth. Wonderful accompaniment. Did I say that right? Accompaniment. There we go. As usual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, He says, and I'll see the rest of you in the pews. 9 a.m. sharp. No stragglers, Sister Amelia. And then some of the people (laughs) laugh. Uh, Garth joins Dean at the doorway and says, oh, hi. So what I tell you, it's all good, right? Dean quietly asks, everyone hears a wolf? Garth says, yeah. Dean says, yeah, not all good. Garth says, oh, come on, Dean. You just got to meet him. He points out uh, some men and says, that's Russ and Joba, Bess's first cousins on Sister Joy's side, and Russ and Joba wave. Garth points out the group leader and says, that's Reverend Jim, Bess's dad, leader of the pack, and a good man. Reverend Jim comes over and holds out his hand. He says, Dean, isn't it? Welcome, Jim Myers. Folks usually call me. Uh, Dean, at this point, does not shake his hand. He says, Reverend Jim, yeah. Got it. Garth chuckles uncomfortably and says, oh, uh, my bad. Dean's got this crazy fear of germs. <laughs> Reverend Jim says, I <laughs> understand. Like, okay, nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> I know, nice I try. know. Nice try, but. <laughs> I mean, at least he tried. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Reverend Jim says, I understand your apprehension, Dean. Hunters and our kind don't have the best history together. Joy walks over and stands by her husband. She says, but I think you'll find we're not much different from you. Dean says, oh, sister, I highly doubt it. Reverend Jim says, why don't we just break bread and see? Dean says, why would I do that? Reverend Jim and Joy sigh and then look for the dining room. (laughs) Oh, stop being such an ass bastard. Okay. So, Garth, uh, so Reverend Joy and Jim leave the room. Uh, Garth is super pissed off about Dean's rudeness. Garth says, Dean. Dean says, What? So we cut to a short time later. Everyone is seated at the table, and Joy is serving raw animal organs to the entire table, but Dean, who has an overcooked steak, corn, and a burnt biscuit. Dean uh, watches them all hoover all the yuckies. He looks really pukey about it. Joy says, now, everybody, eat up, but make sure you leave room for pie. Reverend Jim says, Sister Joy's pies are famous throughout the Badger State. I said that weird, but okay. Throughout the Badger State. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Garth says, mmm, Dean loves pie. Dean glares at him. <laughs> and then he continues to watch the people around the table enjoying the raw meat. He looks more and more sick and uncomfortable by the second. Dean says, don't you guys say some sort of grace or something? Reverend Jim says, we're more spiritual than we are religious. We believe, much like the American Indians did, that nature and man are one. Dean says, yeah, well, really worked out for them. 
Garth glares at him and Dean notices silver bullets hanging around every person's neck. Dean says, so why are a bunch of werewolves wearing silver, silver bullets around their necks? Garth coughs and says, sorry, Dean, but we don't use the W word around here. We prefer the term lycanthrope. Dean says, we? Reverend Jim says, he's entitled to his opinion, Garth. Beth says, many of our kind see themselves as indestructible. This is a constant reminder of how precious our lives truly are. Dean says, yeah, but it's silver. I mean, doesn't it burn? Garth says, yeah, it does a bit, but that's kind of the point. It reminds us of our fragility. Reverend Jim says, my daughter, Bess, was born a lycanthrope. It was one of the proudest days of my life, which soon turned tragic when a hunter killed my wife. Believe me when I tell you, I wanted to make someone pay. Then I looked at Bess, and I realized the road to revenge is a dark and lonely one, which you never get off. And that hole in the pit of your stomach, you never fill it, ever. Dean says, hey, no, I get it. Reverend Jim says, so I chose to look forward, not backwards. And the minute I did that, the powers that be brought this beautiful, compassionate, amazing woman into my life. He smiles at Joy and then says, and she helped me raise a little baby girl as if best for her own. Joy says, I can't take all the credit. Daddy had a hand in it, too. He saw your potential. Dean says, Daddy. Joy says, my father, bless his soul, was the previous reverend of our church, the third generation in our family to serve. Dean says, so you're a fourth generation werewolf. Joy says, yes. Uh, then we cut to Sam talking to the sheriff outside the police station. The sheriff says, look, the good Reverend Jim and his family are all a little new agey and hippy dippy like, but they're clean as a whistle and pillars of our community. Why is the FBI even interested in them? Sam says, I just go where they send me, Sheriff. Truth be told, I'm more interested in uh, murders and ex-filey stuff. Anything of that variety around here? The sheriff chuckles and says, no, sir. We're just a small town. Not much crime of any to speak of. I'm sorry, Agent. I wish I could be more help. Sam says, uh, that's all right. But if you do think of something, give me a call. The sheriff says, will do. So we cut back to Reverend Jim's house. Dean opens the fridge and sees platters of raw organs. <laughs> he turns around when he hears people behind him. It's Russ and Joba. Joba? 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 <laughs> Joba? I don't know. Joba, okay. maybe? Joba. Yeah, I mean, that's I what I said. I just suddenly decided to change it up for some reason. <laughs> um, so they are standing uncomfortably close to Dean. Russ says, still hungry? Dean says, yeah, I was just uh, seeing if you had any beer. Russ says, very threateningly, the sooner you realize that all is good here, the sooner you can go. Dean says, don't you two have a chew toy or something to go play with? Garth comes to the room and says, hey, guys, you mind if I grab a second with Dean here? So Russ and Java leave. Garth says, why are you being so hard on everyone? Dean says, because there's no way that all of this is what it looks like. No way. Dean says... Uh, no, that's not right. Gar says, why not? Dean says, come on, man. I know you drank the Kool-Aid, okay? But come on. Gar says, look, amigo, I know this all looks nuts, but I found it. Love and a family? Who cares where that comes from? Dean says, I do. Gar says, I get it. When I first got here, I couldn't let go either. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. But when it didn't, I had to accept the truth. Dean says, well, I got another truth for you. We were all left in the dark when you went AWOL. 
I didn't know where you were, dead or worse. You should have reached out and sent someone a message. Garth says, and said what, Dean? That I was a werewolf? I was embarrassed. I thought it best for everyone if I just stayed away. But that doesn't mean that I didn't think about and miss you and Sam and Kevin. Uh, at Kevin's name, Dean looks Garth in the eyes. Uh, Garth immediately knows that something is wrong. Dean says softly, Kevin's gone. Garth says, what? Dean says, gone for good. Garth says, what happened? Dean says, when he needed me, I wasn't there. That's what. Uh, so we cut to later. Um, later that night, Sam and Dean are outside Reverend Jim's house, leaning against the Impala and watching the house. Sam says, okay, Dean, they gave you lunch. They gave you pie. Why are we still here? Dean says, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Garth's good. You want to hit the road? It's square by me. Sam says, look, I'm just saying, this wouldn't be the first time we came across a friendly monster or a family of friendly monsters, whatever this is. Uh, Sam's phone rings and he answers. He says, Agent Perry. Uh, the sheriff said, uh, no, wait, that's not right. Sam answers and says, Agent Perry, Sheriff, how can I help you? Really? And then Sam motions to Dean that they need to hit the road. Sam says into the phone, okay. So we cut to the Impala rolling up to the side of a field where the sheriff is standing looking at a gutted deer. Uh, the boys get out and walk up to him. The sheriff says, well, you wanted weird, Agent. You tell me what tore up that deer. Nothing that runs in these parts. So Sam and Dean walk over to the deer and squat down to look at it closer. They have their backs to the sheriff. Dean says quietly, flesh, or not, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, Dean says, not quietly, fresh blood. The sheriff says, yes, it is. Uh, then the sheriff takes his hand out of his pocket and his nails grow long as the sheriff like wolves out. Dean says quietly to Sam, still warm. That means it died after we got the call. So the boys swing around to face the sheriff. Uh, Dean pulls a silver knife out of his jeans, but keeps it behind his back because the sheriff already has a gun on them. The sheriff says, couldn't just accept that all was good and move on, could you? You have no idea what you've walked into, do you? No matter, you won't be walking out. So the sheriff goes to shoot at them, but Dean is faster. He throws the silver knife right into the sheriff's chest and he falls to the ground dead. I liked that. That was a good knife throw. I want to do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, and not kill people. Just like at a yeah, no, card, you like, know what I mean. I want to have those skills. Perfect. Yeah, I want to <laughs> have those skills in case the the shit goes down. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the boys move the body, and Dean takes his knife back. Sam notices a silver bullet on the chain around the sheriff's neck and yanks it off. Sam says, "Hey, look at this." Dean says, "I've seen that before. Yeah, that's a favorite accessory of the good Reverend and his flock." Sam reads a word uh, etched into the bullet. He reads Ragnarok. Dean says, yeah, that's a Thor, Loki, Odin stuff, right? Sam says, yeah, it's North mythology's end of days. But why is it etched onto a bullet? Dean says, who cares? We got all the answers we need. Sam says, I don't know, Dean. I think we need more. Dean says, oh, what? Sheriff Andy Taylor here wasn't good enough for you? Sam says, enough to kill Garth? Come on, man. Let's do this right. Dean says, all right, fine. Clean this up, grab Garth, lock him up until we can figure out what's what. I'm going to go check out that church. So we cut to the Impala pulling up to a white church, and Dean, uh, he enters the sanctuary. He walks around, pointing at things with his flashlight. Sam walks through the hallway, leading to Garth's apartment door. 
He rattles the handle, but it's locked, so he takes out his lockpick. Uh, I guess we're cutting back and forth here. I did not write that, but I will try and work with that. So, cut to <laughs> Dean <laughs> going into Reverend Jim's office, and then we cut to Sam going into Garth's apartment, which has been completely torn apart. Sam says, Garth? And we cut back to Dean, who finds a book about Norse mythology. He skims it until he sees a chapter about Ragnarok. He turns on the desk lamp and shakes the computer mouse to wake up the screen. The monitor shows a picture of Garth, Bess, Joy, and Reverend Jim. Dean rolls his eyes and says, seriously? And then he does a search for Ragnarok and starts to read about it. Uh, his phone rings and he picks it up. Dean says, hey, did you find the lovebirds? Sam says, no. Place is a wreck. No Garth, no Bess. Dean says, what? Were they taken? Well, that's fan-freaking-tastic. Sam says, tell me you got something. Dean says, well, this uh, Ragnarok end of days crap. Uh, star of the story is a wolf named Fenris who kills the god Odin before the world ends. Sam says, okay, and that helps us how. Dean says, there are cults that consider Fenris a wolf deity and worship him. They call themselves the Maw of Fenris. Sam says, a cult of werewolves. What do they want? Dean says, well, Ragnarok is not just a Bible story to these nut jobs. It's an action plan. Human extinction, extinction, <laughs> total and complete werewolf domination. Sam says, and what? This is the ground zero for their movement? Dean says, freaking Wisconsin, man. Well, time for the <laughs> Reverend Jim to go down. Sam says, yeah, need any help? Dean says, no, 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 I got it. You just, uh, you find Garth. Sam says, all right. They hang up, and then uh, Sam goes to leave the apartment, but is attacked and surprised, knocked unconscious with a tire iron. I know, right? <laughs> Poor Sam. <laughs> Always <Yeah>. knocked out. <laughs> I know. So uh, we see that the attackers are Russ and Joba. So we cut to Dean. Uh, he hears a car door shut, and then Reverend Jim enters the church. He walks up the aisle, but pauses when he smells Dean, which uh, I want to smell Dean. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. <laughs> Reverend Jim says, it's no use, Dean. I can hear your heartbeat. You must have done this countless times, yet you still get nervous. Dean steps out of some shadows with his gun drawn. He says, nothing wrong with a little fear. It's what makes us human. Reverend Jim says, fear is not purely human instinct. Every monster knows fear. I came to work on my sermon. Dean says, well, why don't you start by preaching to me about the Ma of Fenris? Yeah, that's right. I know all about you and your pack's little plan. Reverend Jim says, I assure you, we are planning nothing. Dean says, no? Well then, why did I read about it in your good book? Reverend Jim sighs and says, because generations ago, the hate and misplaced anger was part of our beliefs. But ever since I took over here, I have eradicated it from our congregation. Dean says, yeah, well, apparently some of them didn't get the word. Like the good sheriff who just tried to off me and my brother. Reverend Jim says, Sheriff Pat? Dean says, let me see your bullet. Dean pulls Reverend Jim's silver bullet necklace closer, but when he turns it around, he sees that there is nothing etched onto it. Dean says, where is it? Reverend Jim says, where's what? Dean says, Ragnarok. Reverend Jim says, what? Dean says, it was etched into the sheriff's bullet. Reverend Jim says, that's impossible. The Ma is dead. Dean says, yeah, well, tell that to Garth and your daughter, who are missing. Reverend Jim says, no. So we cut to Garth, who is tied up against a ladder in a barn. 
He looks up to see Bess tied to a wagon wheel. She's struggling to free herself. Garth says, Bess. Uh, the door opens, and Russ and Joba drag in a still unconscious Sam and ties him to a tractor. Garth <laughs> says, Sam. Bess says, what are you two doing? Russ, Joba. Then Joy walks in with a very satisfied smile on her face. Uh, Bess says, Mom, what is going on? Joy walks over to Bess and slaps her right in the face. Garth says, hey. Joy says, first off, I'm not your mother. <laughs> what a bitch you are, like, Joy. Okay, okay, fine then, whatever. No, okay. <laughs> Garth says, you leave her alone. You hear me? You want to hurt somebody? You hurt me. Joy laughs and says, oh, that is so sweet. But I am going to hurt her. And him. And she points to Sam. Then she says, but especially you for bringing these hunters here. I'm going to hurt all of you. Garth looks at Bess and says, with his voice breaking, I'm sorry. So we cut to Dean rushing out of the church, trying to call his brother, but Sam isn't picking up. Dean says, Sam, pick up, damn it. Uh, Dean jumps into the Impala and squeals the tires as he speeds away. We cut back to the barn. Joy is slapping Garth. Garth says, ah, please, don't do this. Not to Bess. She's your daughter. Ah. <laughs> Joy says, how many times do I have to say this? Stepdaughter. I'm the last of my bloodline, thanks to you and your kind out there. Sam's head, blah, blah, blah. Sam's head jerks up, and he starts to regain consciousness. Russ says, he's awake. Sam kind of groans. Joy walks over to him and says, well, don't you just look good enough to eat? Sam says, why are you doing this? I mean, me, I can understand, but these people are your family, your pack. Joy motions for Russ and Joba to stand guard outside as she loads silver bullets into her gun. She says, last winter, my little brother Charlie was killed by a hunter. My husband counseled patience, restraint. Just as when he took over our beloved church, he preached a new direction. Lycanthropes and man would coexist. Peace was more important than dominance. I tried so hard to make his way work, to be a preacher's wife, but then Charlie was murdered, and I couldn't help remembering my daddy's sermons. And, by golly, turns out he was right. As long as there is man, there can be no peace, because man destroys. And I, for one, am sick of it. Uh, cut to outside the house. Uh, Russ smells someone <laughs> and walks around a tall hedge. Dean's jacket is laying on the fence. Russ goes to pick it up. And Dean comes up behind him and stabs him in the back. Uh, back in the barn, Sam says, I get it now. Why coexist when you can rule? Joy says, bingo. But my husband doesn't see it that way. See, he was bitten, not born into it like I was. He still holds on to his humanity, which is why I'm so pleased it will be his claws that start Ragnarok, not mine. You and your brother coming here was a blessing from Fenris above. The two of you cornered Garth here, and then when Bess came running in to see what the fuss was about, <gasps> you killed her. Garth says, no. Joy says, here, silver to the heart. Garth starts to like wolf out and starts growling. Sam says, you're going to frame the murders on me. Joy says, my husband turned his cheek once. I don't think he can do it again. She walks over to Bess and points the gun at her. Garth says, hey, get away from her. Joy says, killing you gives me no joy. But Ragnarok, it's bigger than all of us. Beth says, you're sick. Joy goes, Joy goes to pull the trigger, but Strams... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to start that over. <laughs> Joy goes to pull the trigger, 
but Sam stretches his crazy long legs enough to kick the gun right out of her hand. (laughs) Joy backs away angrily. She says, you're just dying for me to get my claws dirty, aren't you? So she wolfs out, and then we see Dean covertly slide in through the side door. Uh, But Joba, like, flies from the hayloft and tackles Dean, sending his gun flying away. They rustle around in the hay in a violent way, not a sexy way. Uh, but but Dean gets the upper hand and stabs Joba. Joy turns to Dean and says, wearing Russ's coat to hide your scent. Smart. Dean says, oh, I'm full of surprises. Joy says, as am I. So Dean and Joy both dive for their guns and then draw them on each other. Uh, But Dean is faster and shoots her in the chest. Joy gasps and then falls to the ground dead. So we cut to some time later. Garth, Sam, Dean... All right, I can do this, I swear. Garth, Sam, and Dean watch as Bess comforts her father. Sam says to Garth, be good, hear me? Garth says, I will. Thanks, Sam. And then Sam and Garth hug. Uh, And then Sam uh, coldly kind of looks at Dean as he walks by him to go to the door. Uh, Dean's shoulders slump, and his eyes follow his brother out the door. Uh, But he recovers quickly when Garth walks up to him. Dean motions at Bess and Reverend Jim and says, how's he doing? Garth says, he's taking it pretty hard. Feels like he should have seen the signs earlier. Dean says, yeah, well, maybe you were right. Yeah, he seems like a good man, considering. Garth says, yeah, and you were right. Everything around here wasn't copacetic. I screwed up again. First Kevin, now this. Dean says, hey, Kevin, that's on me. I'm the one that pulled him into all of this. I'm the one that should have been there to protect him. Garth says, well, I guess there's enough of that blame to go around then. Dean nods and heads for the door. Garth stops him. Okay. (laughs) Garth Garth stops him and says, Dean. Dean says, yeah. Garth says, "Uh, I know this may sound a little crazy, but maybe I could come back and hunt with you. I mean, with my werewolf mojo, we'd have an advantage. Dean says, yeah, look, Garth. Garth says, no, Dean, I want to make this right. I never should have left you guys, especially Kevin. Kevin was my friend. Friends don't do that. Dean says, well, hey, you said it. You know, who cares where happiness comes from? Look, we're all a little weird. We're all a little wacky. Some more than others. But if it works, it works. You got something here, okay? Even though they are werewolves or lycanthropes, whatever. (laughs) Don't let that go, okay? You'll never forgive yourself. Besides, someone's got to live to tell this damn story someday. And who better than you? Now shut up and come here. Dean opens his arms up for a hug. Garth is surprised, but grins. He says, really? Dean He's says, like, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Dean says, hurry up before I change my mind. So they hug, and then Dean leaves out the front door. Uh, we cut to some time later. The Impala drives into the parking lot of Garth's apartments and pulls up next to Sam's car. There is an uncomfortable silence as they sit there. Then Sam opens the door and gets out. He says, I'll send you that postcard. Dean says, yeah. Sam almost reaches his car, but then Dean works up some kind of nerve and gets out as well. He says, hey. Sam turns around. Dean says, uh, listen, that night that, uh, you know, we went our separate ways. Sam says, you mean the night you split? Dean nods and says, fair hey, enough. but like, mm, whatever. It's fine. I know, right? <laughs> Dean <laughs> nods and says, fair enough. I was messed up, man. Kevin was dead, and I I don't know what I was. Sam says, okay. Dean says, hell, maybe I still don't, 
but uh, I know I took a piece of you in the process. And for that, somebody changed the playbook, man. You know, it's like what's right is wrong and what's wrong is more wrong. And I just know that when when we rode together, Sam says, we split the crappiness. Dean says, yeah. So Sam says, okay. Dean says, okay. Sam says, but something's broken here, Dean. Dean says, I'm not saying that it's not. I just think that maybe we need to put a couple W's on the board and we get past all of this. Sam says, I don't think so. No, I wish, but we don't, we don't see the same way anymore. Our roles in this whole thing, back in that church, talk, talking me out of boarding up hell or tricking me into letting Gadriel possess me. I can't trust you. Not the way I thought I could. Not the way I should be able to. Dean says, okay, look, whatever happened, we are family, okay? Sam says, you say that like it's some sort of cure-all, like it can change the fact that everything that has ever gone wrong between us has been because we're family. Did I say that right? Like it all can, okay, I think I did. <laughs> Dean says, so what, we're not family now? Sam says, okay, I'm almost done, I swear. <laughs> Sam says, I'm saying, you want to work? Let's work. If you want to be brothers, he pauses and then says, those are my terms. Dean stares at him in silence and then nods. So Sam gets back into the Impala and Dean slowly follows. And credits. Okay, so I have one singular thought. <laughs> okay. And it's that um, freaking Sam and Dean need to just get over themselves. Mostly Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam is just, like, I mean, I... I get it. Like, I identify more with Dean in this situation, but, like, I get it. Like, like I get it, but also, like... I'm pretty sure you can things. understand that someone wants you to be alive and not dead. Yeah. That's not a hard thing. Also, I don't think I switched my headphones ever. Did I talk to me for a minute? <laughs> did I do the things? <laughs> I don't know if I did the thing. I think I did do the... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll figure it out. <laughs> the computer one day okay <laughs> you're good <laughs> okay right. but yeah like that's really my only thought is just like hey get over yourselves <laughs> yeah figure it out you know like yeah be brave. I think Dean is taking it more of like I need to be by myself so I can you know avenge Kevin as opposed to like dealing with any of the like Sam feels like I betrayed him by keeping him alive kind of stuff you know Dean's like uh, uh, I'm gonna go Kevin yeah that's like and his Sam's way like, of Dude. trying to fix the things between like him and Sam. I think is kind of how I did it. Is like, hey, like I know you did this thing, but like it's not your fault. It's kind of my fault. So like I'm gonna go fix it and then like see if we can be okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe just give Sam time to like get the fuck over it. Like. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like it's just it just shouldn't be surprised. Shit like that to each other. Like, come on, you know? Yeah. Like, like, why is this the one that you're deciding to be, like, so pissed about? I don't know. I guess just the intrusion of an of an angel entity in your body. But, like, to keep you from not dying. Like, also, yes, like, he used your body to kill Kevin. I mean, there's that. And also, hey, like, you were possessed by Lucifer. <laughs> Different type of angel. Also, lots of killing. You know, like... <laughs> That's right. And you and, let, yeah, you know, that was all that was all you, Sam. Yeah, like that was no, on No Sam. one tricked so, you like, into the that. Fact that it's like, hey, I'm gonna like 
make you be possessed by this minor angel to fix you is a completely different thing than you choosing to be possessed by Lucifer himself. You know? That is true. Yeah. Come on, man. You know? All right. Yeah. Sam needs to get the fuck over it. <sighs> it's driving me nuts. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. Like, you have your little angsty moment, but like, just move on. You know? <laughs> like, I know. I just. Ugh. I don't know. I like, I understand his point, but I just don't agree with it. Or I agree with it, but like for like 24 hours and then you can accept it and move on, you know? Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. you feel your feelings and, and understand what happened, mm-hmm. which was not, you know, any bad intentions at all. No. Right? So. Yeah. It's not like he was doing it to like piss you off, you know, like yeah. he was doing it because he wanted to keep you alive, which I mean, like usually you say, hey. Thanks for keeping me alive rather than like, but I know all he said was like, I was ready to die. Well, so what? Like, like, okay. But like, you don't just want to like give up like that either. You know, like, I don't know. It's the whole thing is just kind of weird to me. The whole situation is just like Sam being way too angsty, you know, like, and it's irritating. (laughs) I, I think that there just needs to be like, like a very specific four hunters like therapist you know what I mean yeah just like that they all have like one it can be you know remote therapy that's fine you know wherever they are in the the U.S. or whatever yeah but like they need an organization for that yeah Yeah. (laughs) for sure yeah I mean like I'm sure there's got to be some therapist out there that a hunter has come in contact with and saved over the years. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, right. come on, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's hmm. got to be at least one, if not more. <laughs> yeah. You're but, right. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that was my one singular thought is that, like, <laughs> the whole, like, Sam situation is getting real annoying at this point. <laughs> well, also, like, well, we're in season nine. Like, they have had this conflict, you know, in various ways. Like, almost every season we're, like... Sam gets mad at Dean for doing a Dean thing and then they aren't together for, you know, some episodes and they, they pine for each other and they, you know, they angry and whatever. And then they come back together and realize that like, Oh, like, you know, it's, it's good now, (laughs) but it's just like, come on. Like it's, it's just tired now. You need yeah, to stop like, Sam splitting Sam hanging up. onto it for way too long. Yeah. Like, have your moment, move on. You know, like... Or, like, even, like, have your moment, and it can last some time, but, like, you don't need to keep splitting up. You know, yeah. that's when, like... That's when that's when Sam drinks demon blood and lets Lucy hop on in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, stay together, you know? Like, yeah. 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 Even if you're mad, that's okay. I mean, I guess they get there at the end of this episode, so, okay. Oh, but, hey. like... Sorry, I love Sam, but, like, he makes bad decisions by himself. <laughs> he kind of does, you know, and I no, get like, good intentions and all that. Good intentions. But, I mean, we know where, yeah. we know what that road leads to. So. Yeah. Sam doing something stupid again, yeah. you know? Yeah, like. yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I see your point. I also get Sam, but, like, get over it. I like I get both sides of it but like also it is kind of like a okay I'm sick and tired of you guys having your drama you know like (laughs) yeah I mean even the drama is fine it's just the splitting up for episodes that I am so over like yeah I guess they have to to keep it fresh but it's not really fresh anymore it's it's kind of old like an old trope for them now you know yeah (laughs) 
I'm just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for, for better things, what was your favorite moment? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, I was, I was delighted to see Garth, first of all, just in general, I, I, I've been Garthed and I, and I like <laughs> it. So, um, it's cool to see him again, but, mm-hmm. um, my favorite moment, uh, was when, um, uh, they're in like Garth's apartment or whatever, like mm-hmm. Bess is hiding in the closet. She comes out to attack Sam and whatever. And, you know, it's all fine. And he's trying to, Garth is trying to convince Sam and Dean that like everything's cool. Like it's a cool pack. You know, we don't kill people. And Sam's like, except she just tried to like eat me. And then mm-hmm. Garth is like, well, yeah, but like, you know, you, you tried to like attack me and then, you know, your jawlines and your hair, it's very intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. One. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite moment? Um, I have two. Okay. <laughs> um, the first one was at the beginning when Sam's like, he left some grace in me before he bolted. <laughs> And Dean's like, you know how wrong that sounds, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Sam's like, I wouldn't worry about it. Cass took care of it. It's like, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That whole, like, little, little, like, thing there was, it it was, it was pretty funny to me. It was, yeah. I liked it Uh, a lot. (laughs) And then my other favorite moment was the, like, awkward Dean Garth hug because Dean was like, Okay, I'm gonna hug you, and Garth's like, "Really?" You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. <laughs> that was super cute. Yeah. <laughs> Maisie just and, uh, <laughs> like, well, you just get over it. <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> That's funny. Like, no, what it really is is like you just slightly woke me up, and I'm gonna be dramatic about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. get it. <laughs> Dramatic about everything. Like, she can stub her toe and scream about it, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did. I, that was, I used that as an Ninja Giraffe. No, you just told me about it. Okay. You so, should save it for a Ninja moment. Or, uh, I think I did write it down. Okay. But, yes. Okay. I did write that down. That's for good. the next episode. Perfect. There's that. It's but a good yeah, time. like. <laughs> There was something similar that happened again the other day, and she literally, like, stubbed her toe on the coffee table and, like, screamed about it a couple times, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, and then was, like, put her foot down, realized that it was, in fact, still attached, (laughs) and was, like, oh, I'm good, and it's just, like, okay, why do we need to be dramatic like that? Like, why? I mean, when I stub my toe, I pretty much do the same exactly. (laughs) I mean, I, like, cuss about it a little bit, but she screams, like, like, something horrible has happened, you know? Yeah. I don't, in fact, scream bloody murder when I, you know, have stubbed my toe. I might, like, say a few words about it Mm -hmm. in an angry way. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, it's fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. fine after that. But, (laughs) anyway, yes. (laughs) Very cute. Um, So, our... We're interesting facts. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So I was like, I forgot what I was doing. I don't know where I am. So our interesting facts in this episode, it says um, Tom Butler, um, which it doesn't say who that is, but I would guess that that's like the reverend. Okay. I think. 
um, also appeared in the season one episode uh, uh, of Supernatural Scarecrow as Harley Jorgensen. Yes, he does. I knew he was familiar. I was going to say, he's like the... He's like the town folk guy. Yeah, he's it's like him and the his wife that like have his like niece or whoever it is that they like decide to sacrifice in the end or whatever. It's that right. guy. Yeah, it is totally. Which is the reverend. Yes. This episode, so. I made that connection. Good I, job. I connection. <laughs> I was very proud of myself. I was like, oh, yeah. Good job. <laughs> <I know> that. <laughs> um, it says, uh, when Sam and Dean are both in the hospital visiting Garth, uh, they exchange stories of what they have been up to. Um, Dean informs Sam that uh, Crowley helped him and the two went to see Kane and Sam asks, you worked a case with Crowley? <laughs> to which Dean replies, the devil you know, which could be a reference to the um, supernatural episode, the devil you know, um, which is season five, episode 20, in which Crowley helps Dean locate pestilence. Okay. Um, and it says helps in quotes. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Um, so it says, Sarah Smith um, who plays Bess Myers, uh, previously appeared in Supernatural Changing Channels um, from 2009 as nurse number one. <laughs> so I don't she, remember. In, you know, like the Dr. Sexy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nurse in that. Gotcha. Okay. After the first nurse that you see, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. <laughs> um, it says the scene when Garth wakes up could be a reference to the scene in Pulp Fiction from 1994 when Mia Wallace wakes up because of an adrenaline shot. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. That's a pretty... Have you ever seen... be a reference to that. <laughs> What'd you say? I love how it says it could be a reference to that, too. Well, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen that that scene from Pulp Fiction where they, they... She's, like, literally, like, overdosed on drugs, and she's laying on the ground. It's Uma Thurman, right? And they like have to stab this big ass needle like into her heart and inject her with adrenaline is traumatic and because it's a quentin tarantino movie so it's done very uh, you know it's not comfortable no one feels comfortable (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. it seems like i know i've seen that movie but like i don't know it well at all Mm -hmm. and like that sounds vaguely familiar but like eh, it could also be lying yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't really know (laughs) that's cool um uh, so it says, uh, it is revealed that some werewolves are born a werewolf as opposed to being bitten by one in this episode. Um, uh, it says, Sam questions whether they understand what's happening. And Dean replies, oh, what, Sheriff Andy Taylor isn't or wasn't good enough for you? Um, he's referring to the lead character in the 1960s sitcom, The Andy Griffith Show, um, set in a small southern rural town. Okay. Um and it says that Sarah Smith's first acting credit was for a guest spot on Big Wolf on Campus from 1999, which was a show about werewolves. Huh, okay. So, ta-da! <laughs> She's got a thing. Yeah, <laughs> werewolf to werewolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our research from this episode is off of vikingstyles.com. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Um, and I think it's a blog from what it kind of seems like. Um I couldn't tell you, does it say who, like, yeah, it doesn't say who wrote it or anything, but it looks like it's, like, a blog of some variety or some sort of, like, website for Viking mythology. 
okay. stuff. <laughs> I don't really know. Okay. <laughs> um, and this is about uh, the prophecy of Ragnarok because I don't think they ever bring this up again. So mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so it says, what was Ragnarok? It says, in many religions throughout history, there existed an ap- apocalyptic event which symbolizes the end of the world and the human race. Uh, North mis- North Norse mythology <laughs> was no different. I mean, I guess it is North. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, eh, okay. Um, it says, according to the Vikings, this event would be known as Ragnarok, um, which was a prophecy that predicted a series of events in which a great battle would take place, uh, leading to the deaths of many of the prominent Norse gods. Uh, the world would then be drowned in water from natural disasters, and eventually a new civilization would arise after it was repopulated by the only two survivors. Okay, but like, who are the two survivors? I might say this in here, but like, <laughs> okay, that just seems kind of like a weird, like, it was repopulated by the only two survivors. Okay, but like, they must be important. So like, why don't you say by these people? Anyway, okay. we'll find out. <laughs> so it says the most prominent members of the a- Acer tribe, it's A-E-S-I-R. That sounds right. Acer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tribe including um, Odin, Thor, Loki, Freyr, and it didn't say Freya. It's F-R-E-Y-R, which I've never heard. And this one I'm going to butcher, I think. It's H-E-I-M-D-A-L-L-R. Heimdaller? Yeah, it's like, I think it's just Heimdall. Eric is going to like totally yell at me when he hears this episode because we're saying (laughs) all this wrong. But I think that is the character, the character, the person from history that that, um, that Idris Elba plays in the, you know, the Thor movies. So. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, you should, have you seen those movies? The Thor movies? I've seen like one of them. He's like briefly. the guy who like protects or watches over like the rainbow bridge thing. Yeah. He's like the the keeper or oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. okay I do kind of yeah. remember that yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that does sound kind of familiar okay um I think yeah I think I saw the first one but I don't think I've seen anything since then okay. so you know there's that <laughs> um so Heimdall we'll go with that okay um we're all predicted to die in the events of Ragnarok along with Asgard itself being destroyed um, marking an end to the Acer clan and or Acer clan um, and their dominant position in the nine realms. Um, sorry, Maisie's moving all over the place, so there's a lot of shuffling happening because Travis is talking outside. I don't know if you can hear it, but oh, I can't. Like, no. what's going on out there? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she keeps nudging me, like, "Hey, hey, figure it out." Oh, you're fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So it says the word Ragnarok can be translated into two parts. Um, Ragna, which means, which in modern English means something similar to the ruling powers or the ruling gods, um, and rock, which is thought to mean fate. Um, this gives the word Ragnarok a rough translation of fate of the gods or the doom of the gods. Okay. Um, so for the events of Ragnarok, it says Ragnarok was said to begin when the wolves Skull and Hadi, Hadi, hmm? Um, who have been chasing the sun and moon for all of time, would finally accomplish their goal and swallow their prey. The stars would then disappear from the sky, and the trees and mountains would fall into the earth as, oh boy, Yggdrasil? 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 
That sounds vaguely familiar, weirdly, but I don't know how to say it right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, when that crumbles. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, it says the giant wolf Fenrir um, would break free from the chains uh, with which he was bound and proceed to wreak havoc across the earth, demolishing everything in his path. Um, oh gosh, these are these are hard for me. Uh, <laughs> Jorman Gonder. Okay. Y- y- Jormungand, ah! uh, the great sea serpent, would rise up from the depths of the ocean, causing giant waves of water to spill onto the land as he comes ashore. Um, okay. This flood would enable the arrival of the nail ship, also known in Old Norse as a uh, oh god, n- n- Nagel Nagelfar. <laughs> I am so sorry if you know what these words are, and I am just. Totally butchering them. <laughs> um, it says, which was made from the fingernails of dead men and women. Ew, it's like what? a ship made out of that? A or ship that made like... out of fingernails. Okay, but like, I need to, I need, I need answers here. Okay, so like, <laughs> you've got a, a ship, and like, it's a wood ship, probably. And then like, what, you've just like stuck fingernails into no, it? No, it's like, made on the from fingernails. It's, a, well, it's, it's gotta a... be a lot of fingernails. Because oh, yeah, you can't just have, like, like, otherwise, you know, it, it, water, it wouldn't, it'd just sink. I mean, there's a lot of dead people, though. <laughs> so. A lot of fingernails. There's I don't want the job of, like, putting together a fingernail ship. I just, I don't, I got questions. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't how know. many fingernails does it take to make a ship? <laughs> a lot, presumably. Okay. <laughs> how do you stick them together, you know, in Viking times? Tar, like you would make anything else I would assume okay. it's just, I would assume that you're making it out of the same things other than like to stick together and everything other than just like instead of wood it's fingernails <laughs> so okay. all right yay <laughs> all right it just seems it just seems unnecessarily time consuming to make a fingernail <laughs> yeah. boat but okay all there right. are better ways you know? <laughs> yeah all right okay <laughs> Um, I forgot where I was. Okay, so it says this grisly vessel would carry the forces of chaos uh, who are destined to destroy the world. I mean, like, as you do, I guess, if you're going to destroy the world, you might as well show up in a fingernail ship. I mean, yeah, if that's your ride, then, yeah, that (laughs) makes sense. Yeah. Um, It says the ship's crew of giants and other fearsome beasts would have the traitor Loki as their captain after he had broken free from the chains in which he was bound by the other gods. Okay, um, that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, why not? Um, it, it says, it was said that the sky would crack and a huge rift would appear, out of which the fiery realm of M- Muspelheim would be revealed. Um, M- Muspelheim? I don't know. Um, it says, the great fire giants would come forth, um, being led by their king, Surt, and his giant flaming sword. Um, as the armies of chaos march along the Bifrost on their way to Asgard, um, the Rainbow Bridge would crumble behind them. Uh, Heimdall would be the first uh, to see and would send word to Odin to warn him of the arrival of Ragnarok and the end of days, uh, which they had long known was coming. Uh, the Allfather would then seek count- the counsel of Mimir, um, the wisest being in the universe of the possibilities of them being able to escape their fate. Um, With no other options, the gods would decide to go to battle 
even though, sorry, Maisie's just hopped up on the desk next to me. Thank you. No, thanks. You don't need to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, where was I? Uh, escape their fate. Okay. With no other options, the God would, the gods would decide to go to battle. Um, even though they already know what, uh, know that the prophecy has foretold of their doom. Uh, they would meet with their foes on the battle of Big Grid. Um, the first showdown of the battle would be with Fenrir, who would fight to the death against Odin and his, oh boy, Einherjar? Okay. Uh, the chosen warriors uh, who died in battle and went to Valhalla. Uh, the giant wolf was destined to kill Odin and his men, swallowing them whole, only to be killed in vengeance by Odin's son, Vid Vidar? Vidar? Vi Vidar? Mm -hmm. um, who would drive his sword through the monster's throat. Okay. Um, so it says, uh, what happened after Ragnarok? It says, Heimdall and Loki would also fight to the death. Um, each inflicting mortal wounds on the other, as well as Tyre and the giant wolf Garm and Freyr and Surt. Um, the final showdown of the great battle would be between Thor and, oh god, <laughs> Jormungand? Jormungand? Okay. <laughs> this is embarrassing for me. It's <laughs> I don't know how to say any of these things, so I'm just winging it here. Um, it says, the god of thunder would kill the serpent with his mighty hammer. However, um, he would have been covered in poison during the struggle, limiting his ability to fight on and would eventually meet his end along with the rest of his kin. Um, I'm just like now imagining a fight to the death between Idris Elba and Tom Hiddleston, and I don't know whose team I'm on. Like, I don't like any <laughs> of it. Like, if they could just not do that ever, that'd be great. Like, yeah, because I don't I, know, I don't know who I feel stronger feelings for at this point in my life. So, yeah, yeah, Idris, Tom, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know. I got I, feelings I for both of them. I don't really know either of them, so, you know, like, I, I got no feelings about it. <laughs> I got lots and lots of feelings. Okay. All right. I have no feelings. Okay. <laughs> but, eh, you know. Um, okay. So, but, so as, uh, there are next, um, in many accounts, these events of Ragnarok symbolize the end, um, and what is left of the world would simply fall into the void and disappear forever. Um, however, in some versions of the story, gods such as Vali, Baldur, Modi, and Magni um, all survive to usher in a new age of prosperity and peace in a new green world. Um, two humans who hid from the chaos, uh, Lif and Lifthracer. Oh boy, Lifthracer. I don't know. Lifthracer? I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> would also be the last surviving members of their species and would go on to repopulate their planet. Um, finally, a new sun would rise in the sky, which would be the daughter of the old one and shine across the dawn of the new world. And I okay. am sorry for anybody who actually knows the names of these gods and, you know, just people in general, <laughs> because I probably really butchered them. So it's fine. You did. You did. Just as good as I would have done. So <laughs> I just, yeah, that that was that was a rough one. Um, 
So uh, <laughs> what was your idiot or ass butt moment for this week? Uh, okay, so this is a kind of short one. Um, perplexing, though. I was at, uh, well, we were on our way back from Rhode Island, and, uh, you know, we're going through um, the security check, you know, TSA, all that. Uh, we have to bring, you know, you carry on all your medications, right? Because you're mm-hmm. not supposed to have them in the bag. You check, right? It's supposed to just be with you, which is better anyways in the event that you lose your luggage and, you know, you'll have your medicine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's a big a whole lot of medication for my family, right? So, like, you know, even Killian has, you know, medication, and they, so I knew that I would get stopped, and they would go through it, because some of Killian's medication is liquid, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they have to check that, I get it. So, um, so I'm, I'm over, you know, I follow the bag to, like, the security person, and Killian's with me, and Eric is still, I don't know what he's doing, he's still going, like, waiting in line to go through the the weird x-ray thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, flavor. like, yeah. I'll just, you know, Killian and I will stay with the bag that's getting checked because somebody has to be there while the bag's yeah. being checked. And, you know, Eric can grab all our other shit and meet us over there. So mm-hmm. Killian and I are standing there and whatever. They're going through it. Everyone's polite and it's not weird. It's just normal. And Eric finally comes over with everything and he hands me my shoes, you know? And I was like, oh, thanks. I, like, completely forgot. I wasn't wearing shoes. Not that I had time to grab my shoes, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has in my shoes. And I always, always before I put on any shoes, you know, look. And then if I see nothing creepy crawly in there, I, I stick my hand in there to make sure nothing creepy crawly is in there. <laughs> you know, and like, I mean, is that the best way to not get bitten by a bug? No, but I would yeah. rather, I guess, my finger get bitten than my unsuspecting toe I don't know it's just it doesn't make sense now that I'm saying it but that's just how I check my shoe for bugs before I put them eh, on right? whatever yeah you know yeah like I mean spiders happen and you know you just eh, yeah I don't yeah. I don't want it lurking in my you know eh. yeah nope. spider bite like anywhere but like okay I'm rambling anyway so <laughs> I do the thing where I look in my shoe and in my shoe it's just like a sneaker it's like a Reebok sneaker yeah. um it's like a sprig of holly <laughs> I don't know it was just there and it wasn't like I mean it was big enough that like it wasn't there when I took it off there's no way I would have not felt that in my shoe yeah yeah it had like the the stabby parts yeah (laughs) yeah there were stabby parts and I was just like what the fuck like I pulled it out of my shoe and I'm like Eric like where did this sprig of holly come from and he's like I have no idea and like I don't know like how'd that happen how, tell me, Rochelle, I don't know. Is it a sign? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't it's know. the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> what are they doing in the security check at TSA in Rhode Island? Actually, you know what? We were in Boston. Boston Airport. I don't know if that matters, but whatevs. Like, <laughs> I mean. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that I noticed. I mean, it was super obvious. It wasn't, like, tucked in, like, the toe part of it. It was just, like, right yeah. there where your heel goes. But, like. I was like, is somebody trying to give me a message or, or like poison me or like what? I don't know. Was this just hanging out in the like x-ray machine on the conveyor belt and just like happened to tumble in my shoe? I mean, that's the only like actual thing that makes sense. That's but, what like, I would guess is that it somehow too. ended up on your shoe from the conveyor belt, you know, like maybe something, somebody had something that had Holly on it and it got stuck in the top of the machine somehow and something like knocked it down into your shoe. I don't know. I mean, that is really the only thing that makes sense unless you want to like get into like some supernatural shit. 
you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it was just a weird thing. I wasn't sure, like, is this, like, someone threatening me? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, I I don't know. It was just a a weird moment that I thought I needed to share with you and the, you know, world. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's it. What was your agent harassment moment? Uh, okay, so this last weekend, um, I had my friend's daughter over, which was, you know, it was fine. It was cool. We took her out um, to go to this, like, trampoline place that's kind of near my house. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you go and you, like, sign up for, like, a time, right? So mm-hmm. it's generally, like, an hour and a half or whatever, I don't know, two hours, whatever it is. I think it's like an hour and a half. Um, And so we got there early because they're like, hey, you know, get there early. So in case you need to fill out your form still or in case you need to do this, this and this, you know, if there's a line, then like get there like a half hour early. So then that way, by the time you get up to the front, like you're not missing your time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get there like a half hour early. There's not very many people in front of us. So we're like, you know, 15 minutes early by the time we check in to our time. And they're like, oh, just go ahead and head back. And so we're like, sweet. We get an extra like 15 minutes of, you know, jumping time, whatever. Um, And so we're going through, we're going to all the different like obstacle courses, fun, like foam pit things and whatever. And like literally like three minutes before the end of our time, Travis's dad calls and goes, hey, um, I think one of your horses is out. Oh, no. Oh, you know, like, go, 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 you know, because like, who knows if they're like, I mean, there's no, I mean, he didn't call me, he called Travis and like Travis didn't really tell me if there's any other information other than like one of the horses seems to be out, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, so like, we're like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And we're like, ripping off our little grippy socks and like putting on our shoes and like sprinting out, you know, and like, good thing it's like, close to the house right so it didn't take very long to get there but like we get back to the house and Ahsoka is not on the side of the fence that she should be and she's not really doing anything other than like eating very slowly because who knows how long she was out (laughs) and has just been scarfing down as much green grass as she can get (laughs) and is like clearly slowing down you know like she's like I'm full you know yeah (laughs) and so like we get out there, we go and like grab a halter, take her back and go like, okay, can't really figure out what's going on. But like the fence has been off, the hot wire fence has been off for like a week because they had this like, or it's been off for more than that, but they were like doing this trench to like get power to the pump house and blah, 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 blah. And so like they had to move part of the fence line for that and it had not been put back yet. So there to put it, you know, like you can't like get the hot wire going until the fence is put back because it's just going to be like the broken line. And then also like it would be grounding out even if you did turn it on, you know, so whatever. (laughs) So Travis is like, okay, like I need to get this going. I'm going to start, you know, getting this all fixed, blah, blah, blah. And so we're like, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go and, you know, take kiddo and we're going to go get food and bring it back, and then we can, you know, have lunch or whatever. Yeah. So we go and get food, come back, and there is no Travis and no Hunter, Uh which was there when I left, and I was like, Hunter is, just in case anyone forgot, like, Travis's dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, okay. And so 
I'm sitting there going like, cause he's gotten out a couple of times and I'm like, and one time I didn't even know he had gotten out because the back door was open and like, I opened the door and he just like came out and through my car, I couldn't see him. And he went out the garage door, the other garage door that I was coming in. And then I shut the garage door cause I didn't see anybody. And yeah. like, couldn't find the dog, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And so I was like, oh God, like, is he out again? I don't know what's going on. And I'm like calling and calling and calling Travis and like not getting anything, texting him, not getting anything. Right. And I'm like, okay, like what's going on here? Like, are you gone with Hunter? Are you looking for Hunter? Like what's going on? And so I'm like going all over the property going like, where in the heck is he? Yeah. Can't find him. And so I finally like get a phone call from him and he's like, okay, like his, uncle's dog who lives like across so it's like our house and then pasture and then another pasture and then house right so like okay. the uncle that's like straight across from us um his dog got out because they were out of town and like Travis's dad turns out the reason that he knew that Ahsoka was out was because he was out looking <laughs> oh my for God. this dog who okay. had gotten out um and so he's calling me going like we need help getting him like I need you to get in the car and come down here and I'm like okay and as I'm like having this conversation with Travis, I see Ahsoka going right out of the fence again. And I'm like, are oh, you, God. you know, like, yeah. well, can't do that because like, gotta go find the horse and get her back in and try and like close her off. Right. Mm-hmm. And like to keep her from getting out or at least make it look like she can't get out, you know? Right. And so, you know, <laughs> Ahsoka is kind of like, not afraid of kids turns out, but like, kind of wary like you're small don't know what to do with you like I'm big you're small I don't know what the situation is here like I don't know what how I should act you know and she's like she's very nice and likes attention but she's just kind of like I don't know what to do you know yeah (laughs) so I take kiddo and go out and like go around grab a halter grab her and then you know get her all haltered up and I'm walking her back around to where I can put her back in the fence once again Mm -hmm. and can't let her free because I know she's just going to go out underneath a third time. And as I'm walking by like the fence area that we go to get into the pasture area from our backyard, I look over and Maisie is completely suspended in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what she did, but there's this like wire that was hanging down from God knows what. And like, she had somehow wrapped her whole body around it and was, (laughs) suspended all legs off the ground like just hanging in an awkward position in the air not moving at all just going like well I screwed up you know? <laughs> I don't know what to do and yeah. I'm like great you know and so I'm like okay like I can't just like leave Ahsoka out here with the kid like I need to take that I'm like oh my god so I'm like going okay let's go let's go let's go and getting Ahsoka into the fence where she's supposed to be and like okay you need to hold her and if she gets away or if she like is acting up or anything if she doesn't do anything or if she does anything other than just stand there I need you to yell for me as loud as you can you know yeah okay (laughs) and I go and I run back into the backyard and I'm like trying to like untrapeze artist Maisie yeah oh my god hair in the air and of course the second I start trying to get her down she's like thrashing all over the place so it's like ridiculous so I finally get her undone and like put the wire up over the fence so that way she can't like trapeze artist herself again Mm -hmm. and I go over back to the horse and I'm like okay like now I need you to hold her, like, we're going to come over to me and mm-hmm. like hold her still. 
while I fix this fence so she can see me fixing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't try this again, which was just a whole thing because she broke it right on the corner. So I couldn't like fix it. I had to like loop it weirdly and just like make it look like something was done to it. Yeah. And like that was a whole thing. And I put her out and it ended up being fine at, for the moment, you know. And mm-hmm. so we go and we run and get in the car and drive around so we can find this dog, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has oh gotten out. And then we're looking all over the place and he had like bit Travis because like Travis went to grab him and he got scared and like, Oh yeah. I'm good. You know, like bleeding, you know, Uh and like, not just like a little paper cut bleeding. And I mean, he's like a little chihuahua size thing. Right. So like, whatever, it was a lot of blood for that small of a dog. Yeah. And so we finally, after all this, like trying to find him at like the neighbor's house, which we think he's at and all this sort of stuff. They, one of them eventually goes into the house and was like, cause they were looking for something to try and like bribe the dog or whatever. I don't remember. And like this stupid dog <laughs> is in the house because they had left the back door open. And so of all this, like, and all of the neighbors in the area are out looking for this dog. Like, I mean, it's like uh, all these people looking for this thing. <sighs> and we finally, you know, find him in the house, shut the door. So he's locked in and can't get out and then get to go back and start finishing the fence. <laughs> which was like a whole thing. Cause at this point our food is like cold. Right. Oh yeah. Right. And, like kids sitting there going, I'm hungry. And I'm like, I know so am I, you know, like, <laughs> like, ah! you know, we're both like <laughs> at each other. Right. Yeah. And so I finally get the section of the fence fixed that needs to be fixed. And I'm explaining to her the whole time. Cause she's like, she's like, I want a pony. And I'm like, well, here's what happens sometimes when you have horses and like animals that are big, that are outside, like they get out and you can't, just let them be like you have to fix it right then even if you are hungry or you're tired or whatever like if it's pouring down rain like you have no option you have to do this this is one of the responsibilities you know and she's Mm -hmm. like oh you know like maybe I don't want this as much as right right so eh, whatever you know so we get all that done go over to Travis and the fence is still not like in the place that it should be so there's this big like opening in the ground where you know there's not going to be like any horses eventually because it'll be cut off by the hot wire but it is open at the time ahsoka mm-hmm. sees us <laughs> from across the field and comes sprinting over and is like hey i'm gonna get in your business and then like is immediately investigating the area which there's like wires down and all sorts of different stuff that she can get tangled in or like hey drop in the hole and like dude you're screwed you can't get you out once yeah. you're in there like i don't know what to do with that you know yeah. and i'm like trying to get her out of there and like she's evading me at a she's like there's grass around here like I'm gonna stay right here and so I had to like take off my jacket and like loop it around her neck and like drag her across go and like take her out of her fenced area and put her in a round pin which is what I should have just done to begin with but Toby mm-hmm. doesn't like to be separated from Ahsoka and Ahsoka doesn't like to be separated from Toby so I was like it'll be less drama this way well it turns out it wasn't um <laughs> no eventually everything gets fixed and like we were able to put them out and it was fine again but it was just like a whole like two hour thing of like constantly animals getting out and like you know trying to hang themselves (laughs) yeah that's crazy (laughs) like this is one for the books man you know (laughs) yeah that's a lot of animal drama (laughs) that's that's like really weird that it all happened all at once like that too but that's thing is like especially with animals I've discovered if it rains it pours there if one goes off like everybody's just like losing their minds and has to do stupid stuff you know yeah yeah so that was that it, it was 
it was quite a <laughs> quite an experience. And then the whole time trying to drag an eight year old along with you to like, hey, keep up, keep up. And she's like not interested in like, yeah, you know, doing any of this, but also like doesn't see the sense of urgency. And so like you're like, get in the car, go, 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 go. And she's just like, duh, 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 duh. you know, like <laughs> taking her over. I'm like, let's go. You know? <laughs> I like, I wasn't yelling at her, but still, you know, I, know, I was just kind I of know. like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Like, we've got to do this. And I'm like trying to explain to her why we have to go fast. And she's just like, yeah, I don't care. Which, yeah, fair. I mean, she was hungry. So was I. Everybody was a little bit like on edge, but yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that was my weekend experience. It was a lot like having her over was great. It was fun. That part of it was a little stressful, but you know, it it was good. So. (laughs) Wow. I'm just trying to imagine like if Killian had been with you in that situation, like, I think he would have been like, let's do this. Like, yeah. Like he would have been like, this is our mission. Like, like team save the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she definitely was at first. Oh yeah. But after after a while and you're super hungry and you're eight. Yeah. Yeah. And after about a half hour, she was like, I'm over it. I want to eat my food. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. Yeah. You know, like, I can't. No. (laughs) Totally. Which, yeah. I mean, everybody probably felt that way, yeah. Oh, yeah, we were all hangry by yeah. the time that, like, we actually got food, so, but, anyway. Yeah. Well, that is bananas. I'm sorry that, that happened, was... but. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever, worse things have happened, you know. Yeah, I know. Mm. I'm glad <laughs> everyone was found and okay and all that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.